Welcome to episode 245. How's your hair growing? Thick, thin, bald, some falling out, waking up with hair on the pillow, or every time you have a shower, the drain is really clogged. And I'm talking about the hair on your head, by the way. Hair loss is becoming an increasing problem as time goes forward for our society. And unfortunately, there are toxic treatments available out there that come with side effects and don't solve the underlying cause of the problem. If you're bald and not by choice, or you have patches of hair falling out, or even had a diet change that led to changes in your hair composition, then this episode is for you as we discuss the hormonal and nutritional fluctuations that cause changes in your hair volume, thickness, and exactly what leads to it falling out. Better still, we get into how to get it back, how your diet might need to change in order for that to happen, and which products you can use to get there without the side effects that some of the hair loss drugs come with. So, let's dive in. Welcome to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. You've tuned in because you want to start taking your health seriously, so you don't, well, get sick and die. Here we talk all things health, nutrition, and human optimization. Let's jump into it with your host and resident scientist, Maddie Lansdowne. What's up, my healthy friends? It's me, it's you, it's Faraz, and it's another episode of this show which keeps you growing. So a big thank you for being here, and I'm very grateful for the fact that this show has been continually growing over the years, um, and you are the reason for that. So thank you so much for being here. And in 2023, it's my mission to coach 500 people to stop the binge eating and savage self-talk cycle so they can lose weight whilst feeling in control and without restriction along the way. So I want you to meet Faraz Khan, who has switched things up with his career because he's a former computer scientist. And you might be thinking, why have we got a computer scientist on the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast? But he has totally turned things around in his career and is now a longevity educator, speaker and biohacker that turned from helping large media, life science and pharma companies to helping everyday people like you and me to beat back the source of aging. And so he has a podcast where he basically introduces people to anti-aging hacks and different ways to improve your life and particularly uh, hair as well. And because, well, you know, who doesn't want to make sure that they have a full head of hair and stop aging? We all want that. And so he's the founder of Fully Vital, a company that specializes in hair wellness using natural products. And he has his own journey in that world as well, which I'm sure we'll get into today as well. Um, And he was recommended by some trusted friends. So uh, Danielle Hamilton, who no doubt you've heard on the show before, and Karen Martell as well. So uh, I'm glad that you're here for us. How are you doing? Thank you, Maddie. I'm so glad to be here. So just as we touched on in the intro there, computer scientist to longevity educator, what was going on in your world? Because when I think of, you know, like a computer scientist as a health professional, I think generally can of Red Bull, loves gaming, you know, possibly overweight, lots of Uber Eats. Like where, what happened in your life in order for you to switch over to a focus on health? Totally. That's a great question. And I did do many nights when I was working all night, coding software programs all night. That was uh, after I finished college. And uh, it was good. Like, so my health journey actually started when I was 20 or 21. I just didn't realize it back then. I was on the soccer college, college soccer team, and I thought I was hot shit. You were, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Nature had other plans for me. And one day I was shampooing my hair and I looked down on my hands and it's full of my beautiful hair. And I had a freak out moment, Maddie. And I said, oh my God, this is not happening to me. I cannot lose my hair. I am not losing my hair. It is everything I've got in terms of identity, right? Uh, And so 
that took me on a journey of trying to stop it. I tried a lot of things. I tried herbal oils from Ayurvedic oils, the holistic oils, which made my hair stink and the whole place, the bathroom stink and my bedroom stink. Um, I tried biotin, I tried shampoos, you name it. I tried a bunch of things to slow down and stop my hair loss. A bunch of these did actually slow down my loss, but didn't stop it. All the while I was going to college for engineering and then computer science. So that added to the stress, which led to more hair loss over the years. And um, after college, I got a job as a computer scientist. I was working a lot. Uh, there were periods where there was a lot of stress. And I, I, I had resorted to, because my hair was, was continuing to fall out, I'd resorted to shaving my head every eight months because somebody had told me, I think it was my mother or my grandma, that when you shave uh, your hair, it comes back coarser and stronger and thicker. And I said, huh, maybe that will solve it. And that wasn't solving it. So, but there was a last effort, right? I would shave on Friday evenings so that by Monday morning, I'd have a little bit of a stubble before I went back to work. So it wouldn't look so weird. Um, so anyway, that this was like me losing my confidence over the years, right? How old were you when that was going on? Uh, this was between 23 to 27. I was yeah, shaving. Well. Yeah. And at 27 years old, I decided that uh, I, I, I saw the end of the road, which was I was going to go bald. And I said, I got to do something about this. So out of sheer desperation, I started calling the hair transplant surgeons in the town I lived in, which was Denver at the time. And I went to go see a beautiful or a great uh, lady surgeon. And she said, she said to me, you're not ready for a transplant yet. There's a lot of hair hasn't fallen out in, out of one area, but I have a pill that can help you stop your hair loss. I said, what are you talking about? Give it to me. So, and then she said, well, there are some downsides to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Down there, you could have some complications, uh, loss of libido, you know, maybe not wanting to have sex or whatnot. And I was like, whoa, th this is too much. I can't do this. So I turned her down, went mm -hmm. back home. But a week later, after lots of hair on my pillow, I said, fine, just give it to me. I'll take it. And so I took that for 10 years. Uh, and then when I was starting my podcast a few years ago, Maddie, um, I just wanted to go in a new direction with my life. I wanted, uh, there was more passion around health and wellness. And I decided to switch out of computer science and what I was doing back at the time into the wellness field. And at that time I decided, you know, my biggest insecurity in life so far has been my hair loss. Mm -hmm. Is there anything that can be done to stop it? If there is, now I have a podcast, I have access to experts. What can I learn? So I was Googling international hair loss conferences and I found one in Thailand. I was in Los Angeles at the time and it was five days later. And I said, you know what? I got to go. So I booked my flight, flew to Thailand, spent five days, didn't, didn't go out. Just spent, I would, I'd be there at the conference center at 7 a.m. and they didn't even open till 9. They're like, what are you doing here? I'm like, I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting to learn. <laughs> Super nerdy. But I spent that time, developed a lot of relationships with hair transplant surgeons and stem cell experts and people that have been doing hair for 20 years. And then when I came back to the States, uh, I went and visited all of them, or at least the United ba States uh, based ones, went to their offices, we recorded uh, podcasts like we're doing now. Um, but also they took me behind the scenes, they showed me transplants that were going on, they showed me PRP injections, they showed me a lot of stuff that you wouldn't get to see normally if you were just a patient. Um, and so that was the basis of how I learned about hair. Um, but I still wasn't clear if there was a natural way of helping slow down hair loss or even regrow your hair. And that was another year of research. And after reading all these scientific papers and talking to all these doctors, I realized that there is a way, but you've got to stimulate your follicles 
in many, many ways. That is the big, uh, big aha moment for me. If you can stimulate follicles from the inside, from the outside, uh, using multiple tools, then you have a shot at regrowing your hair and fighting off the hair thinning that's going on. And so we came up with, out of that research phase, we came up with four different products that work together in tandem to uh, boost your hair wellness from the inside and the outside and get you the hair. And so uh, fast forward a little bit later, now we have a company, we've been in business for two years, we're helping thousands of customers with their hair wellness, hair growth journeys, and I'm super proud and excited to be here. Yeah, what a journey, what a journey. And I know like the reason that you and I got connected is because as I mentioned in the intro, like Danielle Hamilton and Karen, I heard them uh, talk about it to me in private about their their benefits of their hair growth and they sent photos to our group chats uh, and they were like, you've got to hang out with Faraz, like he's got this amazing product and and it really works and I, w- I was seeing their photos as well. I'm very lucky myself, you know, I have, have you know, thick hair that has no issue growing but yeah i know that lots of uh, you know men and women do based on the diet world because we see a lot of people go on different types of diets either in response to trying to get their hair to come back or the diet that they've chosen causes their hair thinning or causes hair to fall out and so i guess that leads me curiously as you know the nutritionist in me is what's going on in the body nutritionally or you know from a depletion standpoint or a deficiency standpoint that leads to somebody losing their hair or it thinning yeah totally the number one reason for hair thinning in both men and women by the way Maddie you have great hair i am so, i'm jealous thank you a lot of i'm sure a lot of men would be and women <laughs> also that have that problem uh, but perfect hair uh, and so the number one reason for thinning in both men and women is because it's a hormonal problem And what happens is the testosterone in a man or a woman's body gets converted to a metabolite called dihydrotestosterone or DHT. And DHT is what causes, it goes and attaches itself to the hair follicles and starts to, it does two things. One, it thins the hair follicles. So nice, thick, healthy hair gets, starts to get thinner and thinner and weaker and wispier as time goes on. And, And after a while, it's so thin and so weak that it can't even shoot out of your scalp. That's number one. The other thing DHT does to your scalp is it reduces the time your hair is in the hair growth phase and increases the time that it's resting, meaning it's not even in your scalp. And so both of those make it appear that you have less hair than you do. And over time, if you don't do anything about the DHT, you will completely lose the hair follicle, which is why men go bald, completely bald, shiny bald. Uh, That's the DHT in, in progress. Now, Real quick, how can you tell if you've got hormonal hair loss? Because this is the most common hair loss. Um, Customer of mine called me or before she was a customer and she said, hey, I think I have hormonal thinning. I'm about 48, which is right around leading up to menopause. And so hormones start changing in women around the age of 35 with estrogen and progesterone going down, which leads to a relative imbalance with testosterone. Not that testosterone is going up, but it's, it stays, it maybe falls a little bit lesser than the other two. And so it leads to a relative imbalance and that testosterone can convert to DHT. So uh, this customer, before she was a customer, called me and, and so she was going through menopause. Um, and I asked her, how long have you been thinning? And she goes, it's been steady for many years, which is typically for hormonal hair loss. And so what I asked her to do is when she was taking a shower next time, just whatever hand, whatever hairs were in her hand, I asked her to stick him on the tiles and then compare the hairs, right? You can see if some are thicker and some are thinner because uh, with the hormonal hair loss, you'll have different widths or different diameters of your hair. And sure enough, she called me in two weeks. She said, yeah, I've done this three times and 
I see that some hairs are thinner. I'm saying, okay, that's also a telltale sign that you have hormonal hair loss. And so we helped her with her products and in three months, she was able to grow and start the thickening process again. So that's number one. That's the main reason most Mm -hmm. people lose hair, and especially women that are over 35 or in their 40s are at a higher risk because the hormones are changing, right? Yeah. Can I just ask quickly, um, like what leads to the the conversion into the DHT and how do you reduce that or increase that or like what, what are the impacts that lead to that DHT conversion from testosterone? Totally. There's two enzymes that are in your body that are in everybody's body that naturally converted to DHT. Um, it's called alpha reductase one and alpha reductase two. These are the two enzymes uh, that lead to that testosterone to DHT pathway. Now there's been a lot of research, hundreds and hundreds of scientific papers well-known in the, in the scientific community with hair loss is that there's, a, there's pharmaceutical drugs that can reduce that conversion um, either from one enzyme or both enzymes. Mm-hmm. And then there's the natural ways of reducing it, which I prefer the natural ways because otherwise men can have sexual problems and it's recommended women um, that are planning to get pregnant not take any of the pharmaceutical drugs because they can mess with a male libido or sorry, male uh, fetus in your body. And so <clears throat> natural is the way to go for me. And I'd prefer that for a lot of our clients. That's what we as a company stand for as a natural way. And there's multiple ingredients in the natural world as well that have been shown to reduce the conversion, not completely block it, but reduce the conversion. Saw palmetto is one that I think many people, at least anybody researching hair loss would be familiar with. So that's one of the most common ones. There's multiple other ones that we have in the, in the supplement that we can talk about if you want. Yeah, yeah, cool. So I guess my, my like you talked about the hormonal hair loss and comparing the hair length and um, and thickness. What other types of hair loss are there? Yeah, so one of the big ones that we see, and this happened with the virus that was going around in the world, is uh, is when you have a big shock to your body. That could be a surgery, it could be a breakup, it could be psychological or physical, right? A breakup, surgery. You're moving to a new place, a new city, a new country. Um, you have had the virus, things of that nature. Um, when you get that, then what happens is your body says, my goodness, something's going on. We're under attack. And so what it does, it pulls all the core nutrients away from the most expendable organ that we have, which is the hair follicle, and towards the core organs to protect you, to protect the organism from dying, right? Mm-hmm. And so it thinks it's, it's dying. So it pulls all the resources in to your core organs, and lets go of the hair follicles, basically stops feeding them. And what that does is it it transfers a lot of the hair follicles from the hair growth phase, which they're in, into the resting and then the shedding phase. So two to three months after this happens, your hair starts falling out. That's how the hair cycle works. They typically fall out three three months or two to three months after they've detached. And so, uh, again, a friend of mine in Austin she was experiencing this. She got the virus three months later, her hair is coming out in lumps. Like it's, she, I, she says she lost about 40 to 50% of her hair, which is traumatic. Right. Yeah. And we met up for lunch and, uh, I said, I looked up and I said, how's it going? And I could see tears streaming down her face and she didn't need to say a word because I understood exactly what she was going through. And I, I'd, I'd been through some of this before too, but it's literally, she said to me, I think I'm going to go bald because the pace at which my hair is coming out is unbelievable. Um, but luckily, luckily, we were able to help her. We, uh, she used her products for four months and, and her hair is coming back. In fact, I was walking behind her to an event and I was looking at her. She was a block in front of me and I'm looking at who's that blonde with beautiful hair flowing in the wind. 
guess what? It was her. And I go, wow, I would have never imagined, but she's happy now. Uh, so that's one of the other big reasons, Maddie, is a big shock, a big stress. Mm-hmm. And then coming back to the point you'd made about nutrition, and especially when people try to lose a lot of weight quickly, they go on the ketogenic diet or some other diet, and they want to lose 20 pounds in four weeks or something like that, right? Uh, when you do something of a big change, again, a big diet change, you start a ketogenic diet or you go vegan or something like that. From a ketogenic diet standpoint, your body goes into shock because it's like, oh man, I, I don't have carbs anymore. Something's off. And so again, same thing happens. It starts to pull some of those resources in. Uh, when you lose a lot of weight, again, a big shock to the body because it's like, what's going on? I'm not at my set weight anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so some of those things, again, trigger a big shed. And um, if you're careful and you use the right techniques, this hair can come back. In some instances, it may not. So you've got to be careful. The last thing I'll say about the vegan diet is when, again, my friend called me from LA. She goes, hey, I'm losing my hair. I go, okay, what's going on? She goes, well, I've been stressed because my coworker left and I'm having to do her job. Okay, so you're more stressed. That can lead to hair thinning over yeah. time. Um, but I said, what else has changed? She goes, oh, uh, I'm, I'm vegan now. I was like, oh, okay, good to know. No judgment on the diet. You can eat whatever you want. Uh, but with veganism or the vegan diet, it puts you at risk for having low levels of folate, B12 and iron, all three of which are very, very important for hair. And so we helped manage her stress, but also my supplement or supplement contains all three of those ingredients. So we send that to her and in in three months she was, she was doing fine, right? The hair loss has stopped. So this is going back to losing a ton of weight and, uh, we talked about ketogenic diet, but also uh, vegans. So I can talk about more reasons, but those are some of the ones you'd asked about. Yeah, no, that's that's great. I, I've worked with loads of people that were vegan that had all sorts of other health issues as well, but hair thinning and hair falling out was absolutely one of them. And when we finally started introducing some red meat back into their diet, um, it's mm. yeah, it's funny how quickly the body is like, oh, finally we're back to to these nutrients. And um, I think yeah. Whilst, you know, you can choose whichever diet you like, some are more challenging to execute nutritionally than others. Um, And so, you know, like first month of a diet, you might be really excited and you go and buy all the right foods and get all the right supplements. And then a few months later, you're just like, oh, it's, it's expensive and I can't be bothered. So I'll just, you know, I'll get the most basic stuff. But unfortunately, you know, on a, such a hyper-restrictive diet or a diet that neglects entire food groups, you're at risk of that nutritional deficiency. So, um, yeah, so and great to know, like as well, clearly that it's like the folate and the the iron, the B12. Uh, I think they're really, yeah, it's good that, you know, we're really clear on what's missing. And I mean, it makes total sense, right? Vegans don't have red meat. Uh, red meat's going to have lots of the iron, lots of the B12, uh, all of that kind of stuff. So the other thing I wanted to ask is, um, so with the stressful events, what's going on with the cortisol and the adrenaline that, that does that, does that drive the testosterone to DHT conversion? Is that what the, the high stress event does molecularly? Yeah, totally. So it's really interesting because the scientific data, if I were to tell you that's the cortisol goes high, leads to more testosterone, which leads to more DHT, I would be stretching it a little bit because uh, mm-hmm. science has not validated completely why stress, ongoing chronic stress. I'm not talking about a big stressor like a COVID or, or like, you know, uh, breakup or surgery. I'm yeah. talking about ongoing chronic stress, why that has an impact on hair follicles. We know that it causes shedding over time. So every day you're going to find more hairs on your scalp. 
the good news about stress with a big stressor or even with ongoing stress, uh, hair loss about this, is that these hairs will grow back if you can fix the underlying cause of the stress. If you can come back to baseline, if you can relax your body, if you can get into mindful practices, if you can take healthy adaptogens that help uh, you know, balance your cortisol and adrenals, then you can start to get all of that hair back. It's not going to be gone forever. So that's the good news. Um, the, what they're finding now is that stress, you know, we're finding this. We, we know this in the health world because stress will raise your cortisol levels. Cortisol disrupts almost every system in your body. Yeah. It's, it's like havoc, right? You go into fight or flight mode in which literally systems of your body shut down. The reproductive system shuts down because it's not important for procreation right now. You're running from a tiger and we're running from a tiger all day long. So again, going back to what's expendable while I'm running from a tiger, well, the hair, it doesn't really matter because one, uh, hair is not important for survival. And number two, hair requires an extreme amount of energy every single day because you have 100,000 follicles some have 150,000 follicles and they're all growing at 0.1 millimeters. So like you're growing a lot of output from your scalp. And so the body says, I'm going to conserve my energy, bring it back. Because when you're stressful, now you're out of balance with your energy. Your body has to use that energy to, to bring you back to balance because you're in fight or flight. And so it's just the expenditure is going in the wrong way. And we want to bring that back. Uh, but of course, it can also lead when the, when the cortisol goes high it leads to an imbalance in your hormones. It also narrows your arteries and the narrowing of the arteries reduce blood flow to all of the organs or, or your body parts that are far away from your heart. And if you think about it, your scalp is the furthest away from your heart from a gravity standpoint, right? It has mm -hmm. to shoot up all of that. And the arteries are getting narrower and narrower and narrower as we go up. And if cortisol is narrowing them even further, you can just imagine that it's harder for the blood flow and the oxygen and the nutrients to get where they need to go. So picture this, right? Unlocking your potential, conquering emotional eating, and gaining insights directly from a health and nutrition expert such as myself. That's what we do inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group, which is currently free to join. If you've ever felt trapped by food challenges, struggled with maintaining a healthy lifestyle, or yearned for a community that understands the reasons why you've yo-yo dieted for years, then there's a new chapter waiting to be written. And this is your chance to start writing it by joining us all on Facebook Lives, on engaging posts that push you out of your comfort zone and into growth, and Q&A sessions with me. All of this works as a platform to begin changing your emotional eating problems for good. Oh, and also, as a special gift, you receive my transformative How to Turn Food into Self-Confidence ebook. And that's also for free. I get it. Skepticism might linger. You might think, Maddie, I've heard these ads and I'm not sure. Well, at least a quarter of the members inside the Healthy Mums Collective Facebook group have been paying clients of my emotional eating program at some point over the last three or four years. So if you're not sure, you can post in the group and ask to find out if I'm the real deal or not. It's totally up to you. To join us in the free Healthy Mums Collective and to end your emotional eating and feel good in your own skin and begin that journey, pop down to the show notes below, click the link and breeze through three simple entry questions. Join today and let's embark on a journey of growth and empowerment. The link is in the show notes below. Yeah, that, that's got me thinking. As you're talking there, it stimulated a memory um, from when I was about maybe 11, 11 or 12. So I was, uh, I got my body hair as a man uh, much younger than everybody else. And so mm. I was about, yeah, 11 maybe. And, and I didn't just get like the snail trail. I got the chest hair and the stomach hair. 
Um, and I used to be kind of like really embarrassed at school sports because I was, you know, back then, you know, nobody, were, we weren't men yet, you know. Yeah, totally. um, and I remember being really embarrassed and people might, might have teased me and called me a gorilla or whatever. And I was really ashamed about it for years because I was like, oh, this is, you know, girls only want guy, guys with the washboard abs and I just look like this hairy dude. Uh, and I eventually got to a point where I was like, I'm more man than everybody else. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's beautiful. But, but in that memory was me wondering, does it affect, um, like, does this stuff affect the nutritional deficiencies and the stress? Does it affect body hair? Because like, obviously the head hair is the one that we're most focused on because I guess in a sh- social setting, it's how we see each other's face and our presentation and the way that we rock up to work. And, um, you know, if people's hair is disheveled, you, you know, you notice, right? And so um, does it affect the rest of the body or is there some kind of genetic difference or molecular pathway that means that it only affects head hair? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question, Maddie. I have not done any research on body hair because I, all of my focus is on head hair and longevity. Um, I will say this, that there's doctors that the hair transplant doctors that the way hair transplant works, and especially for men, right? Because men are good candidates for transplants. Women typically are not because the female hair loss is more sparse. It's more thinning. It's not complete areas of baldness. And right. so this was happened to me when I went to the doctor. She goes, you don't have complete areas of baldness yet. So if I inject or try to do transplants, it's, co- it's going to cause shock loss in the hairs around it. And right. so you're going to end up losing more hair. And so that's why men are, are more successful at getting the transplants and women are not so much. But in the hair transplant world and the doctors that are doing this, they're typically, they're, the clever ones at least, when you run out of enough donor hair on the back, then they start plucking from your chest or from your beard, and they start applying those hair into your, into your scalp, and they start inject or putting it in there, transplanting in there. Um, and the, the growth cycles are a bit different, but these hairs seem to be resilient much more so than your, their normal hair that you have on your scalp. And so for some reason, if you pluck a body hair and you put it in to your scalp, it seems to outlast your natural hair, be that due to stress or be due to hormones or what have you. So we don't know the scientific reasons why body hair may be more resilient, uh, but it appears to be at the surface. Yeah, that's so interesting. So interesting. Yeah, yeah. maybe the body hair serves as more of a protective function than the head hair. Like, I don't know, I'm just spitballing right now. <laughs> yeah, that's a, good, that's a good thought because let's say, what, what, are you, what is your body hair doing? It's protecting your core organs, right? Yeah. It's protecting your chest, which your heart is right there. It's protecting your liver, the gut. So body, belly, back hair. I mean, it makes sense that it would protect the core organs. Yeah, interesting. Um, I guess let's, let's look into that. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, <laughs> totally. Um, and so were you just talking there too about the difference between men and women? Like, w- why do you think women lose it more sparsely, whereas men just seem to lose the whole lot? Is that a result of testosterone volume, or because women yeah. obviously have it as well? But yeah, men. So the number one, the the fastest hair loss in men. The most aggressive hair loss in men is uh, between the ages of 18 to 23, mm-hmm. which is when like your experience or your example, you turn into a man earlier than others, but <laughs> that's when men are turning or boys are turning into men. And that's where testosterone is at its highest. That's why men are most aggressive in those, in those ages because testosterone is just at its peak, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's converting a lot of, into DHT. And my nephew, he's 18, he's struggling. He's like, hey, help me, Get, send me everything you got and then some, right? 
so that's the age that men get the most aggressive hair loss because there's just a sheer volume of DHT is very high. For women, uh, just because there's not enough testosterone in their bodies and it's relatively counterbalanced by estrogen, therefore, uh, it, the, the effects of the DHT are, are lesser in women because of those reasons. Uh, and it also impacts women and actually impacts women in the same regions or the same areas that it does men, right around the, the center part, which is men also lose all of the, the hair up top. And so it impacts you similarly. Also, women can over time, if this goes on, you will progressively completely lose the hair follicle. So there is a possibility of you getting bald, but it's it's just so that it just gets wider. There's not enough power or DHT, enough DHT for it to completely wipe out your hair follicles. Uh, but it can it can cause significant thinning. And a lot of women are, are aware of that and uh, really conscious about it. Can you get to a place where it's irreversible hair loss? Yes. Now, there is some good news and bad news. The bad news is that only hormonal hair loss is irreversible at this moment because it's, it's basically thinning your hair follicles. It's, the DHT is thinning it out, mm-hmm. and then the hair follicle becomes quiet. It's quiescent. It doesn't grow hair anymore after a while. That's why men go bald. Um, but all the other types of hair loss that I mentioned, and unfortunately, women experience more types of hair loss than men. For men, about 90% or more of hair loss is DHT related, hormonal related. For women, it's less. It's maybe half to a little bit more than half, according to some experts. And so there's uh, other reasons, like we talked about stress might be one, thyroid conditions might be another one. Um, uh, we talked about nutrition, like the diets, weight loss. Many of these conditions seem to trigger hair loss in women more so than men. But the good news is that all the other types of, almost all the other types of hair loss are not, are reversible. If you can fix the underlying cause, then all of that hair will grow back instead of it being gone forever, like with the hormonal loss. Yeah, gotcha. Um, something you mentioned before that I want to circle back to on the diet stuff was, um, the keto diet, because like often when we think about the keto diet, and if we think about some of the nutrients that you mentioned before, you know, the B12, the iron, um, and what was the other one? Folate. Um, was like, there are often keto diets are eating lots of meat. There's lots of foods in there that contain those nutrients. So what's going on with people that go keto and find that they have hair thinning? Yeah. So in the beginning, if you Go keto for the first time, which is what I did a few years ago. I it was a complete shock to me. I was never eaten so much fat in my life <laughs> and also lost, I, I think I lost six or seven pounds. I didn't have, luckily I didn't have a lot to lose, but uh, people can lose a lot of, lot of weight the first time or even subsequent times that they go on keto. So just that losing a ton of weight can be a big shock to the body <laughs> where you can start to experience hair thinning. The other thing, which I don't think the community that you and I partake in um, lacks for protein in the ketogenic diet, mm-hmm. but that's another reason sometimes that if you're not getting enough protein or enough collagen in your body, that can cause hair thinning. Um, and so those are the two reasons I've looked into the ketogenic diet, like specifically studies around it. And there doesn't seem to be a lot of data behind ketogenic diet causing hair loss, but anecdotally, you and I have heard of enough people talking about it and saying, well, I went keto and I lost weight. So, um, I don't know that there is a scientific, um, angle behind it. Mm-hmm. But uh, anecdotally, it is possibly because their body is going to a little bit of shock. It's like, I don't know what's going on. I'm switching my uh, my systems of energy and therefore uh, something's wrong. So it starts to kind of pull resources from the hair follicle. Yeah, right. And I've definitely heard of people on various diets sort of having a dip in hair uh, thickness or production 
and then coming back up. So yeah, maybe it's a that initial stress and then there's an adaptation phase to I guess how people are moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um so you said there's four four ingredients. So tell us about these four ingredients that are in in the supplement or the product you've got. Totally. So we came up with four different ways to stimulate hair follicle, which is why I'm so excited about this because we've all, everybody probably listening that has had hair thinning in the past has probably tried a supplement that didn't work ultimately, has probably tried a shampoo that didn't work, has probably tried a serum that didn't work. And and so what gives? Like why aren't things working? It's because uh, hair loss is a little bit of a challenging problem, especially in women. There could be multiple reasons for hair thinning. And so what you got to do is you got to get after it in multiple ways. And that's the whole system that we have. We've got a supplement that has about 24 to 26 nutrients. We're changing it a little bit, but it's got a lot of nutrients that help not only balance the hormones in your body, balance your stress, help increase circulation, do all kinds of things on the inside. So we protect and provide some of those resources from the inside. And like we said, the big four or five uh, vitamins and minerals that are needed are in there as well. So that helps you from the inside. Then we've got a serum that you apply topically on the outside because you want to tackle your hair thinning up here. And so you use the serum to balance your hormones, to provide the nutrition for your hair scalp, um, fight the DHT, and also help uh, keep get your scalp to a younger state with some of the anti-aging ingredients in there. Thirdly, we've got a brush that uh, people use every single day. And this is the controversial to some because they say, well, I'm losing my hair. I am not going to touch my scalp. I don't yeah. want to brush at all, like, because I lose more. Um, but it, interestingly enough, if you're using the right, the right uh, products, then the brush actually helps because it stimulates your scalp. It turns on and off genes. It also gets rid of some of the oils that you might have in your scalp. It definitely brings more blood flow um, because when you brush it, vigorously we recommend brushing 200 times vigorously and so um, it gets a lot of blood flow there which blood flow brings oxygen and nutrients to your scalp and then lastly we've got a roller like a derma roller which men or women might be uh might know what it is and so we we rolled it on your scalp it causes tiny micro injuries that help stimulate growth factors and stem cells and a lot of goodness in your scalp that helps heal your scalp make a younger scalp but also technically grow hair uh, the research behind just the roller is it grows 15% hair by itself, but nothing else, which is fantastic, just even yeah. doing it by itself. But we pair it together with these four powerful uh, ways to stimulate your hair follicles from the inside and outside. And that's why we're getting great results. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's awesome. Um, and you mentioned like natural. Was it important to you when you created this stuff that they were natural ingredients or natural for the body to to consume? Totally, totally, man. It's been a very interesting journey of just helping or creating and formulating these products. First, we worked with a lot of experts, chemists and formulators to get this into production. The supplement company always pushes, or the formulators, not the formulators, the manufacturing company always pushes back on us because we're trying to jam so many goodness, so much goodness. They're like, it doesn't fit. I'm like, you have to make it fit. I'm not going <laughs> to compromise on the ingredients or the or the quantity, right? Uh, the serum... The our chemist is always complaining that when we add new ingredients, they're like, but it's going to be oily. And I'm like, it can absolutely not be oily. If what the beauty about our serum is that despite all of the powerful ingredients we have in there, it dries off completely the next morning. So when you wake right. up, 
it's like you, you don't have anything in your scalp and your hair, right? So you can style your hair the next day normally, which means you don't have to change your shampoo schedule. And I will tell you, it's not been easy to formulate it this way because a lot of uh, other ingredients we want to add will make it oily. And if it's oily, people are not going to use it. Mm, yeah. And so not only is it natural, but it's also where people can use it every single day. You just, uh, as you just talked about styling hair then, is there is there shampoos, conditioners, and hair products that lead that contribute to hair loss, like because the of toxins or anything like that? Totally, totally. So what's happening with hair loss is that your hair is fighting, or your body's trying to grow hair, but your hair is not cooperating. There's something wrong in that system in the hair follicles, and we've discussed a lot of reasons why things could go wrong. The last thing you want to do is add more stressors mm. onto your scalp, which is what. A lot of these chemicals do in the shampoos and beauty products, right? The average woman, I believe, in the United States uses 12 beauty products before she leaves the house. Now, right. if, there's, if there's chemicals in these, if there's parabens, if there's benzoates, if there's phthalates, uh, formaldehyde, what have you, in these ingredients, then you're just putting that on your scalp and your scalp is already struggling. So you're adding more stress to a system that's struggling. So I recommend going completely natural. I also recommend... Uh, women that are, are undergoing uh, hair thinning is to just ease up a little bit on the coloring, on the bleaching, on the dyeing, because that's another set of chemical and yeah. heat stresses on your scalp. So you want to reduce that as much as possible and just spend three to four months with the protocol, like Maddie talks about this on his podcast of how to lose weight, spend three to four months getting the right protocol to regrow your hair. And then once you're there, it's going to be much easier to maintain what you have as opposed to trying to grow it back, right? Yeah, for sure. And I think as well, just as you touched on a little bit earlier with the diet stuff is that, uh, you know, I've got this little mantra that I always talk about on the podcast and with clients, which is one tweak a week. And I think mm. the shock that many people have to their bodies when they jump in on day one and they change absolutely everything, um, you know, is part of this, you know, that big part of that stress. And so I'm I'm big on the idea, which is also beneficial for more long-term uh, weight loss anyway is just making small changes over time rather than shocking the system and then you know six or eight weeks later saying i can't do this anymore and you just go back to where you started right mm -hmm. totally totally and that's why i say our system only takes two to three months every single day the supplement's super easy you take it twice a day and it takes you 10 seconds each right uh, the hair brushing will take a couple of minutes because we want you to vigorously brush two mm -hmm. to three hundred times but you can do it uh, when you're brushing your teeth, for example, it's super quick. And then, like I said, the serum doesn't leave a residue, so it's easy to do. Um, if it helps, you can start using one product per week, as Maddie said, you know, one tweak a week. That's I love that idea. Add that to your protocol because just use it for a few, you got to use this for a few months for it to work and you got to use it every single day. And so if, if you need to start small or it helps you to smart, start small, by all means, do that. What's really important is the consistency over a few months, not that you went hard for two weeks and then you quit on, on week four, right? You're talking my language for us. Absolutely. I'm so big on that kind of idea. So, um, yeah, but I think loads of people are going to benefit from hearing this because, yeah, hair loss is becoming more and more common with our toxic, toxic environments and different type of extreme diets and, and, well, just the chronic stress that the the world experiences in this modern age. But um, if anybody is listening and they want to know how they can get their hands on your stuff or find, yeah, find your products or just have a chat with, with you and your team, where do they go? Totally. 
Thank you, Maddie. Uh, you can go to fullyvital.com to get the hair wellness products and you can email us. There's links on the website or support at fullyvital.com if you have questions. Uh, I also have a podcast called Anti-Aging Hacks. You can check me out there. And the website there is antiaginghacks.net. And my personal Instagram is at antiaginghacks as well. Amazing. I'll put all of those uh, links in the show notes below. So yeah, if you're listening, uh, thinking, yeah, I need some of this. Uh, and uh, I know Maddie and I know Danny and I know Karen, then uh, all reliable sources of, uh, of, of referrals. So get down to the link, uh, click it and uh, get into Faraz's stuff. Um, I think, yeah, this is going to benefit a lot of people. And yeah, I know a few people that it already has benefited. And as well, if you've got a friend or family member or partner that, uh, you know, has hair challenges or needs to hear this conversation, please share this episode with them as well. Um, the more people that we can reach, the more people's lives we can improve. And that's kind of the goal of being here. So would appreciate your help there. Um, so to wrap up, what is one piece of health information that you wish more people knew about for us? Before I answer that, Maddie, I forgot to offer your listeners a code. So if you are listening, um, use the code Maddie 15 to get 15% off your order. Amazing. So yeah, so that's for your listeners. As Thanks, a gift. man. Um, you're welcome. And so coming back to your question, what's one piece of advice I would give to people? I think what I've learned over the years, Maddie, is that the human body is super magical, man. It's super magical. It just knows how to heal. And sometimes we get stuck in these loops when you think you're on the wrong path or your body's not working with you, it's working against you. Uh, and I've been stuck in that multiple times in my life with hair loss for 15 years. And I will tell you that if you get just a few things right. If you start tweaking a few things, change your mindset and change a few things to start a new protocol and stick with it, your body is unbelievably magical. It will follow, it will do what you want it to do and it will be back to full health. I think that's beautiful. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, I hope to have you back here soon, but uh, in the meantime, we'll catch you really soon. Thank you, Maddie. Thanks for having me on. See you, man. Thanks for listening to the How to Not Get Sick and Die podcast. If you love this episode and health information is your thing, then please consider subscribing to the show. And when you're done, head over to iTunes, Google Podcast, or whichever app you use, and we'd be grateful if you could leave us a five-star rating and write a review sharing your opinion on the show as it really helps the podcast grow. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next episode. Whilst the presenter that feature on this podcast endeavour to provide accurate information, it cannot possibly take into account your individual circumstances, and therefore the content on this podcast provided by any of the speakers is not intended as advice in any way for any individual, and should not be a replacement for professional medical or health advice of any nature. Always seek advice regarding your personal situation from a qualified medical professional.